Ho there! You're listening to the Goblin Broadcast Network. GBNCom.com. Did you mean to do that? Is the Escapecast, a gaming advocacy podcast? It's Bill, your host for the Escapist Cast, the official podcast of the Escapist at theescapist.com. I am back after a short little vacation, I guess you could call it a technical difficulty vacation. Had my headset mic die on me, had to scrounge some money together to get another one. And then when I did get it, I got so busy with other things that. I wasn't able to get back to the podcast, but the Escapist Cast is back. Episode 4. This one is called Editions and Excursions, and I'll explain why as we get into the show. I've got a lot of news to read to you, a few Escapist announcements about theescapist.com, and then for the second segment, I'm going to talk about alternatives to D&D. A lot of people have very strong opinions about this new 4th edition of D&D. A lot of people really enjoy it. A lot of people swear they're never going to switch. I say, play the game you want to play and have fun playing it. And I'd like to offer some alternatives to playing the 4th edition if you decide that you don't want to go that way. All that and more, plus a special prize. I told you I was going to have prizes uh, to give away when I came back with the next episode. We've got a special prize to give away to the first Escapist Cast listener who can email me with the correct answer to an Escapist Cast trivia question. And that is coming up at the end of the show. I will be right back with the news right after this message. The Escapist Cast will return after this message. This podcast brought to you by RPGLife.com. News, reviews, commentaries, and ideas. Everything for your RPG life. It's a gamer's life. Get in and get game. Studies show that a healthy dose of Orcusville can cure mortals of several forms of intestinal parasites, including the one which makes players into rules lawyers. Orcusville is also known to cure hysterical blindness and headaches resulting from thrown dice. There are no known unpleasant side effects to reading Orcusville other than hives. Orcusville will probably give you hives. Plus five hives. No, not hive fives. Those are different www.orcusville.com Come and enjoy the life of our dreadlord Orcus and his friends. <laughs> and now, back to the show. Okay, let's get on with gaming advocacy news. Uh, the Escapist cast, as you know, has been offline for a little while now. In fact, I took a break in late June and here it is mid 
October of 2008. So I've got a lot of backed up news here. And a lot of these stories I'm going to read to you are a little bit old. You may have heard them already. But I do want to at least make my own notations on them and make my own commentary on them. First, though, I want to get into some escapist news, uh, news about theescapist.com. There are two recent social networking sites aimed at role-playing gamers that have popped up recently. One of them is RPG Bomb, and the other RPG Life. RPG Life is actually the new version of a site that I used to enjoy a lot called RPG Host. Both of them are fantastic. Both of them have their strengths over the others. I really recommend joining both of them because you can meet a lot of different people on each one and you can reap the benefits of both of them. They're great for locating gamers in your area, locating conventions in your area, talking and networking. Both of them offer chat, forums. You get your own blog when you sign up. Uh, They're both a lot of fun. I was actually invited to help create content for RPG Life and I've been talking to the folks at RPG Bomb and they want me to help them out too so I might be running some play-by-post games or something there at at RPG Bomb as well. The titles are the URLs. It's RPGBomb.com and RPGLife.com and if you do decide to join up one or both of them be sure to look me up. I am Dr. Awkward on both of those and that's Dr. Awkward no period in between or space because then of course it wouldn't be a palindrome speaking of RPG life in particular I've been invited to be a guest speaker in a live chat session October 24th at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time you can check RPG life for more details about that how to get signed up and how to join in that chat there are some other great chats that are happening that week with real industry people that you've probably heard of. Ken St. Andre, uh, Stan, the guy with the exclamation point at the end of his name, and several others. So make sure you look for those as well. There should be some great chat sessions going on there. I just wanted to make a mention about the games I ran at Origins, which I was headed to the last brief little Escapist Cast episode that I created. I ran six gaming sessions at Origins this year, uh, games for young people. I did two games of Toon and one game each of Fairy's Tale, Sorcerer of Zoe, Prince's Kingdom, and Meddling Kids. All of them went off fantastically. We all had a great time. Uh, The majority of the games sold out before the convention even started. Uh, Another one of them sold out the day of. And then another was just filled in by by people who stopped in with generic tokens. Uh, I had kids and adults in each game, and it was just a fantastic time. I did get to see two of my friends last year from last year. So I've got a couple uh, returning players uh, coming back to each game. So you're going to want to, if you want to get into my games next year, be sure to sign up early because they are going to fill up very quick. And I have been seriously considering doing a LARP for kids I think I've lost enough of my mind to actually attempt it so if you're interested in participating in that helping me out with it or just signing up for it be sure to keep an eye out on the Young Persons Adventure League website to find out more about what kind of LARP I'll be running and and if I really am going to commit to it 
I'm going to have to definitely make my decision by January because that's when I have to register my event. So you'll know definitely by then if I have gone off the deep end and decided to actually run a LARP for kids. We'll see how that goes. One more little bit of escapist news and then we'll get to the real gaming advocacy news. And this is sort of a crossover between the two. Recently, someone posted two videos to YouTube of the piece that 60 Minutes did on Dungeons & Dragons back in 1985. I remember seeing this when it first aired way back then and being a little bit outraged at the treatment of the game. And and over time, I, I came to learn that a lot of the things, a lot of the stories and examples they gave in that newscast were pretty much untrue and very inaccurate. Well, now you can watch the story in its entirety split into two pieces on YouTube. I have links to that on the main page of the site, and I will put the same links in the show notes as well, just for ease of access. Now, sharing those videos with people, making them known and posting them on the site and talking about them seems to have stirred a little bit of renewed interest in the old days of gaming advocacy when games were banned in schools and libraries and you would regularly have people telling you you'd go to hell for playing them. And in light of that, I had an idea to put up something on the site that I've been wanting to put up for a very long time. It is a booklet that I acquired in the year 2000 while I was shopping for some of the typical anti-game books, uh, Mazes and Monsters, uh, The Devil's Web, The Dungeon Master, all those sorts of books. I stumbled upon a book in a used bookstore called Dungeons & Dragons. It's a small booklet that was put out by Patricia Pulling and her group bothered about Dungeons & Dragons. And I have scanned every page of this booklet and put them up on the website for everybody to uh, have a look at just to give you an idea in this more enlightened time of celebrities admitting that they play and you know the gaming being a little better accepted in most places than it was in the 1980s. It's interesting to look at the kind of propaganda that was going around and, and being handed out to pastors and teachers, librarians, and even police in some cases. I've put this up, I've titled it As Bad As It Gets, and I've even added my own commentary on some of the pages. Um, I've decided to put it up and add commentary over time rather than complete my commentary and then post it because I know that would take me way too long and it would be years before I ever got the whole project up. I'll have a link to that in the show notes so you can access that as well. Okay, now on to gaming advocacy news. I have a couple of passings that I have not mentioned yet, only because they happened after the last episode. They did happen back in June and July, however, so they're old news, but I'd still like to talk about them. Eric Wujic passed away June 7, 2008, due to complications from pancreatic and liver cancer. He was the creator of one of my all-time favorite RPGs, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Other Strangeness RPG. He also created Ninjas and Super Spies, Mystic China, the Amber Diceless RPG, Amberzine. He also founded AmberCon, which was a series of conventions celebrating gaming, friendship, and all things Amber. 
and I really do hope I'm pronouncing his name properly because I just realized that I've never heard anyone actually say it out loud. But Eric Wujic, you can find out more about him at his website, ericwujic.com. It's E-R-I-C-K-W-U-J-C-I-K. We also lost on July 23rd N. Robin Crosby, who died due to complications from uh, cancer. He was the creator of the Harn fantasy role-playing setting, which was quite the fan favorite, the very detailed world developed by fans over the years. Uh, in the news, Toxic Suspect was a gamer. This was an article on WBBM Chicago that points out that Edward Bachner, a man accused of possessing vials of tetrodotoxin to possibly murder his wife, was a Dungeons & Dragons player, and this could be a factor in his defense. From the article, his lawyer Marcus says his client played the fantasy role-playing game Dungeons & Dragons. Will that have anything to do with his defense? Dungeons & Dragons is a role-playing fantasy game whose roots go back more than 30 years. Besides being played safely and harmlessly by millions, it has also been linked by some to controversy, allegedly to murder and suicide. 35-year-old Edward Bachner, who allegedly pretended to be a Dr. Edmund Backer so that he could order vials of tetrodotoxin, played Dungeons & Dragons, says his attorney Jim Marcus. Many people, millions of people, participate in Dungeons & Dragons. I don't want to go into the specific defenses that are available, but certainly he did participate in Dungeons & Dragons, and I don't really want to comment beyond that. I'm sure many of you heard the story, although some of you may have missed it, of the John McCain staffer, uh, Michael Goldfarb, who wrote a couple pieces for McCain's website where he called Obama supporters the pro-Obama Dungeons & Dragons crowd, essentially equating gamers with the types of people who hang out in basements and write angry rants on the internet. There was a little bit of a stir about it. A lot of people posted some open letters. I posted my own, and I'll have a link to mine in the show notes. I really don't want to get political ever on the podcast and or ever really on the website either but I did make a statement that I thought was pretty valid so check that out I'll have a link to that in the show notes or you'll see it right on the main page of the site there was an article on role playing in the Western Front Online which is Western Washington University's online newspaper when fantasy becomes reality outfitted with prop swords daggers and other forms of weaponry the members of Rage Action Theater turn Miller Hall Room 168 and its surrounding rooms and hallways into a system of caves encircled by the dense woods of Sehome Arboretum. Rage Action Theater is an associated students club that offers its members a chance to participate in live action role-playing events. The club is based around the role-playing tabletop game Werewolf the Apocalypse, produced by White Wolf Publishing. During club meetings, members take on the roles of werewolves, creatures with the ability to shift from human form to wolf form at will. The art of sitting around a fire and storytelling has been around for thousands of years, much longer than computers, Eric Plume said. There's always going to be a certain type of person who enjoys telling those stories, and there's always going to be a certain type of person who enjoys listening to those stories. You'll remember a few episodes ago I did a segment on gaming in the military. There was an article on the strategy page, U.S. Navy Runs from Reality, on military simulations, both scripted and free wargaming style, which allow for the unexpected. And this is from the article. The Navy still does some free wargaming, but even this is controversial. For the preferred format is the BOGSAT, or Big Old Guys Sitting Around a Table. 
This is similar to role-playing games like Dungeons & Dragons, where more emphasis is placed on the interaction between the participants than the technical aspects of the battle the commanders would have to deal with. Uh, FARC always comes through with a good headline, um, especially when it's poking fun at gamers. Uh, as you know, there was a Roman uh, artifact, a D20, that they found with, with interesting symbols on it that was used for some sort of game that they played at that time, a glass 20-sided die, and they auctioned it recently. FARC's headline was, 2nd Century Roman D20 Sold for $17,000. Submitter Always Rolls XX. Wired published a great article by Laura Joberg, Killjoy Cooking with the D&D Crowd. If geeks talked about cookbooks the way they talk about RPG books, the results would not be pretty. This is an example from the article. Uh, posted 12.15 a.m. by Lord Orcus. I'm so mad that there's a new edition of the Better Joy Cookbook out. Thanks for making my old copy obsolete, you greedy hacks. For five years now, my friends have been coming over for my eggplant parmesan, and now I'm never going to be able to serve it again unless I shell out 35 bucks for the latest version. There was a great thread on RPG Net that had to do with kids and gaming. It was titled 4E with Lego and a 7-year-old boy. And this is from the thread. He named the fighter Piter, the cleric Eric, the rogue Moog, the wizard Mizard, and the paladin Morn. Because really, the paladin is a dragon born, and my son, no dummy, immediately shied away from trying to find something to rhyme with paladin. You can find a link to that thread in the show notes, as well as links to all these articles. The Wall Street Journal mentioned D&D. Dungeons and Dragons in a Digital World. And this is from the article. The game quickly became a phenomenon, showing up in Steven Spielberg's 1982 movie E.T. and is a Saturday morning cartoon. Yet it always had suffered from a social stigma, the dark suspicion that it was a pastime for pimply-faced misfits who couldn't run with the jocks or get dates on Friday nights. Some parents also found it creepy, especially when they flipped open the monster manual and discovered pages of detailed information on demons. In reality, D&D was no more harmful than a Harry Potter book. It inspired kids to do many of the things for which J.K. Rowling's novels are widely praised, such as turning off television sets and picking up books. D&D is also the quickest way to building simple math skills this side of flashcards, which aren't nearly as much fun. Earlier this year, I covered on the website the story of Roger Dillon, who, along with his girlfriend, robbed an armored car and made off with a decent sum of money in a town in Ohio. It was revealed in news stories that both of them were fans of D&D and Vampire the Masquerade. Rolling Stone has covered their story in an article called The Great Goth Armored Car Heist, and I've got a link to that in the show notes. And I've got news of two more films dealing with gaming. The first one's called The Assemblage of the Crystal Sphere, a D&D story. And here's an article from PR.com about it. Independent Features reveals the official selections for the 2008 Independent Features Films Festival, which includes 23 films from seven countries. Uh, the Assemblage of the Crystal Sphere, D&D Story, Comedy. In this mockumentary, a film crew follows and documents a group of Dungeons & Dragons players in the last three months of their five-year adventure campaign. There's also a documentary that was released at the Toronto International Film Festival, a documentary by Kevin McAllister titled The Dungeon Masters focuses on the real-world lives of three D&D players. And I have links in the show notes to both a review and the IMDb listing for that film. Just a couple things I'd like to plug before I wrap up the news. Uh, my good friend Ed Healy has 
a new podcast. Of course, it's not so new anymore. He released it on the 4th of July called Atomic Array. And you can find out more about that, atomicarray.com. That's A-T-O-M-I-C-A-R-R-A-Y.com. Make sure you check them out and let them know The Escapist sent you. And a great resource for gaming inspiration, story ideas, all that sort of thing, the Arcana Wiki. Uh, it's created by Jurgen Hubert. And here's a little blurb about that. Legends and mythology, UFO lore, conspiracy theories, even seemingly mundane cultural traditions of other countries, all of these can and have been used to inspire role-playing game adventures and even entire campaign settings. This wiki aims to collect information about all those ready for gamers and then adds suggestions for actually using them by other gamers. So be sure to look for that. It is at arcana.wikidot.com. And that just about does it for gaming news for this episode. I'm sure I've missed some stories I've got sitting in the archives. I'll probably get to them. But if you know of a gaming advocacy story that's hit the news,